Go live with seven of your buddies in a shit place. Like, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by people's misunderstanding of it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. Yeah. This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Uh, thank you for coming on the show, man. Thanks for having me. Um, so I'm going to start off because the, this, this audience that uh, you're talking to may actually not know who you are. Makes sense. So, who is Gary V? Uh, Gary V is an entrepreneur who was born in the Soviet Union, came to the U.S. Uh, as a young kid, lived in a studio apartment with a lot of family members, um, grinded his way through his youth, through lemonade stands and shoveling snow and, and, and you know, washing cars and then ultimately found sports cards. Did that very well as a 12-year-old, 13-year-old. Uh, his father worked real hard and eventually owned a liquor store in New Jersey. I joined that business when I was 14, carrying cases, dusting bottles. Realized that people collected wine the way that I collected sports cards. That was the big connection. Decided I wanted to help my family business, felt that I could. And, uh, and launched an early e-commerce wine business in 1996 which is crazy to think about yeah, you know, right. how hot e-com is now and you know, something I was doing 23 years ago. Uh, and, uh, and went on to become an entrepreneur that a lot of people look at, wrote five New York Times best-selling books, built a huge wine business for my dad, then went on my own with my brother, started and currently run one of the largest marketing agencies in the world called VaynerMedia, independent agencies right. in the world. Right. Uh, did a really good job investing in early stage startups, Facebook, Twitter, Tumblr, uh, and uh, then became a pr- pretty prolific public speaker uh, and content producer, podcast, blogs, millions of followers across right. all the contemporary social networks. And right. um, and here you are. I mean, I, 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 I witnessed, uh, actually I've seen you live a couple of times, so I saw yesterday there was about 5,000 5, old people, not yesterday, a few days ago, in uh, Sydney, Australia. So you're definitely, you, you, you command an audience. But my first question is not going to go down the direction of business and whatnot. My first question is, see, I like sneakers. Okay. I know you like sneakers. Yeah. But I also know you hate Jordans. Yes. And you actually said you hate Michael Jordan. That's right. Why? Because I grew up a humongous Knicks fan. Right. Uh, I'm 43 years old, and the prime years of the best Nick years uh, in the 90s, uh, Michael Jordan stopped me from winning a championship. (laughs) And, you know, me hating Michael Jordan doesn't mean that I don't understand his all-time greatness. Right. Me not, I don't want to wear Jordans. I right. don't think that's so crazy. So what, you, you like... You know what's crazy about that? I don't even think they look good. Like, like, so. it's, it, like it's, <laughs> it's funny. Like, I don't even like the way they actually look. Like, I mean it. I'm wearing, you know, Air Force Ones right now. Like, I like Air Force Ones visually. Right. The Jordans that look more Air Force One-y, I like. The ones that are, like, kind of, like... I don't think people look good in Jordans, to be frank. Well, 
Uh, you know, there's probably about 50 shoes I think I might go, I'm going to throw The Ewings make one, me happy, yes. Now, this one, I got it pure. You're being very nice. <laughs> for you. I wore the original versions of those in the 80s. I was like the only kid. Everyone's like wearing Jordans. I'm like wearing Ewings. Uh, yeah, I mean, I kind of think it's funny because a lot of people are so taken aback by my stance on this mm. issue. Uh, I think if you're a true fan of a sports team yeah. and, and your arch rival that you never once beat the thought of liking that person is ludicrous. <laughs> right, I, I, I get your logic. You know? I, 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 it, I it respect him. Yeah. He's in a top three, depending on how you want to argue. Most people put him number one, but I think it's because most people didn't get to watch the complete domination that Will Chamberlain put on the league or Bill Russell, for that matter, winning nine championships, whatever. But, like, you know, yeah, I don't like him. Okay, all right. I also hate Tom Brady. (laughs) Doesn't mean that I don't understand he's the best American quarterback to ever play the sport. Right. I get get your logic. All right, let's talk about hustle. Yes. This is the primary message you get across to people. You've got to grind 24-7. You you know, you got to do what you got to do. But my question is really about with working that hard, as a, a, you know, every human being comes into the point where you've got to strike a balance, or people say you've got to strike a balance. I, I think you do. I, I think, I think early. You know, I kind of hit the scene in two thousand nine, yeah. and we were in a global economy meltdown, right? And and we were living off of a frothy two thousand to two thousand seven eight, and I thought that people were underestimating work ethic, mm-hmm. and so yes, hustle was something that I was articulating as a foundation of my success. But I only think one should work a lot if they genuinely enjoy it. Right, right, right. You know? Um, or they have to mm-hmm. provide for their family and they're working two jobs and they're, it's almost the extreme in the other yeah, way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I'd like to do a better job over the next decade to, to make sure that my primary message is happiness. Right, I mean that. Right, 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 right. That being said, in the extreme overcorrection where people have started branding things like hustle porn or things of that nature, hard work is part of the equation. But yes, I think burnout or mental anguish is something I'm very scared of. But I do not believe that comes from, uh, I think a lot of people put hard work as the gateway to that issue. I actually think that that is insecurity and lack of self-esteem that leads to that anguish. Which, so my follow-up question uh, with that comment is quite simply, um, you know, there is quite an interest and it's a very popular thing. It's the cool thing to do, become an entrepreneur, right? Everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. 100%. Um, You know, like when when, when I was at this event where where you spoke, there's about 5,000 people and I can see everyone wants to be an entrepreneur. Yes. Do you think there's a danger? Because not everyone is cut out to be an entrepreneur. Okay, so so how do you how do you tell somebody that you know they've been they've been hustling as hard as they can, but something's not working out? How does one figure out I when a- to give up? I ask them if they're happy. Right. You know, like if you're hustling your podcast, and through sheer will, through live events and pre-roll advertisers, and you're making forty-two thousand a year, if that's more fun and you're happier. Than making seventy-eight thousand, being, you know, uh, an accountant. Then I try to encourage that person to live the lifestyle of a forty-two thousand right. year person versus a seventy-eight thousand year person. I, I think that, if, I think we have to define our own success. 
and I think doing what you want to be doing is the ultimate. Right, right. Uh, now, but there are, there, there's a practical application of like you know you got you got to look after family. Yes, you but do all these but, kind of but things, right? that's a modern mistake in that people usually spend more than they make. There's a lot of immigrants who take care of their family making thirty five thousand a year. The problem is there's a lot of people who make two hundred thousand a year and live like they're making three hundred thousand yeah, a year. Right. Because they want to keep up with the Joneses and they want stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. I mean, you can live a lot of ways. You know, that's fam- one way to be. Family, I lived in a, I once lived two years with my great grandparents and my grandparents and my parents in a home. You could do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially 25 year olds who are like complaining go live with seven of your buddies in a shit place. Like, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by people's misunderstanding of it's not how much you make, it's how much you spend. Yeah. Of right. course if you take fucking Uber and order out every night and need the freshest fucking flyest, flexiest clothes, you're gonna need a fuckload of money. Yeah. Why not take the train? Right. Why not live in a shitty spot? Mm. Why not cook every night? Mm. Like, people are fucking entitled. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I get it. Okay, so this leads into the economy, which is that we operate in, it's a, it's capitalism. It's the economic system. Yes. Is capitalism a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. General. That's above my pay grade. Meaning, <laughs> meaning, here's what I mean by that. Right. I've spent very little time mm-hmm. understanding the macro global economic impact of capitalism right. versus viable other options. I can tell you that communism is not good. I agree. Because I, I lived in it. I, I, let me rephrase, I left early. I understand it through the eyes of my parents and relatives and I think it suppresses the natural human. I think extreme capitalism that concentrates wealth to a small group is bad because I think that leads to the French Revolution and heads start rolling. So I think, uh, I think capitalism, I think anything in life is good when it's balanced. I think modern capitalism is showing strains of vulnerability because there's too much consolidation of wealth mm-hmm. to too small of a group, which I always think is a vulnerability. How would you respond to somebody if, if they were to say capitalism is just evil and it's ultimately geared to fail? Uh, my intuition when I hear somebody go that extreme is that they are deeply ideological and deeply entitled and have an undertone of laziness. What do you mean entitled? They expect the fucking government or somebody else who's working hard to pay for some of their subsidies. <laughs> That's what I mean. If they say it's inherently evil and will fail. Right, right. If someone says capitalism, like any system, has its shortcomings and should be audited in its current state, I would say that that's somebody who's being thoughtful. Okay, so what would you say to, you know, there's lots of business mentors or people who's proved, uh, you know, people, uh, tell people how to make money when they say things like, you know, by any means necessary. Yeah. You know, get rich or die trying. Yeah, I don't like that shit. How do you, you know, it, it can be very appealing. You know, you watch some of these videos, as you put it, it's, it's this, it's, it's very, very enticing. And people sort of get drawn to that. How does one look beyond the sort of the... Pay attention to what the person's asking for from you. Right. 
Yeah. I always tell youngsters and friends, you have to look in the eyes of the messenger. What is she or he looking for from you? I'm looking for admiration. Okay. My content is not a top of the funnel to some landing page that is asking you for $899 for your, my ebook. Why is admiration important to you? I'm not sure. Right. It's something that I'm spending a lot of time on. Uh, it feels naturally good. Right. I think it's a DNA trait. Right. Okay. Uh, but I'm not sure. Okay. I'm sure it inherently is, you know, if I go deep, I think about things like, man, my family was going through a ton of shit the first five years of my life. You know, maybe they were so focused on everything, like getting to the new world, that maybe I was looking, but I got over coddled and loved too. Like, I'm not sure, yeah, right. but I, can, I promise you that I want admiration over money. Right. That, I've be, that has become very clear to me. I'm not against money. Sure. But I, if I was to choose, like, my ability to have the biggest mastermind, the biggest funnel, the biggest fund, give me some of your money, I'll, like, I, I could win that game at the highest level. Number one, more than anyone. Sure. Because I have gift of conversation. Yeah, right. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm charismatic as fuck. <laughs> it's the and truth. And self-aware, obviously. Clearly. So I'm, I'm, uh, I'm not sure, right. but when I, when I hear what you're talking about, if the next sentence of, you know, make money, die trying, if the next sentence is, and if you pay me, then I'm already checked the yeah, fuck out. Yeah, right, right. So, how do you get out of the mindset? And a lot of I've seen a lot of entrepreneurs do this, where you know you you start doing something and you're not really sure about it, but you it starts making money, and then you make excuses. You may be doing something ethically and morally I questionable, hate that shit. but you, but you, you convince yourself, right? How do you? Get I see out it of every that? day. You know, what would you say to somebody like, you know, you know what you're doing, because we are very good at convincing ourselves, look, you know, at the end of the day, this is paying for this, this is paying for this, I'm just going to do it for a short time. Many reasons, but people sort of keep doing that. I know people who... Oh, I know unlimited people who do this. Right? This so, is a very good question by you. I, you know, look, the answer is that person is flawed. Right. The question is why. Why? My belief is it's because they're insecure and they need stuff to make themselves feel good, to show others that they're successful. Because they're not happy with themselves. And they need jewelry, and success, and cars, and girls, and planes, to show everybody that they're winning, because they're not winning with themselves. And and add, add add social media to that equation, where you get social validation on every given second. Yep, but social media is, that person was looking for that validation pre-internet. But social media just supercharged it for this person, right? No, I, I'm, actually, I'm actually a dissent to this voice. Sure. I think social media has exposed the truth of, not accelerated. That person was flexing in the office. But now they got millions of people around the world admiring that flexing. Yeah, but it's just, it's the same fucking game. <laughs> Whether you're trying to floss in front of eight or eight million, you're still vulnerable to the sure, floss. Sure, but the influence of you doing it at an office in front of eight million people is enormous. You are pretty much tuning the minds of another generation. Yeah, I mean, sure, but the reality is, is why? 
and, and what are you trying to do for yourself? True, true. You know, I don't find a lot of those people being thoughtful about what they're doing for the next generation. They're no, too no. inherently selfish. Absolutely. So Absolutely. it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, I mean, yeah. All right, so. I don't think Dan Blazarian <laughs> was overthinking about what he was doing for the next generation. No, he's not. I think really. Dan, and by the way, me and everybody else, like, I think people are doing what they think is what they want to be doing. Yeah. Well, but you, you at least have a conscious acknowledgement of you want admiration, and to do that, you have to be good. Correct. Right? So you, you are doing good, but, you know, Yes, people, but, but, but for me, that's what makes me happy, and I don't have any interest in judging sure. somebody who wants a fuck every night. Yeah. I don't have any judgment on somebody who wants a billion dollars in cash. Sure. I struggle with judgment, mm-hmm. but to your point, I luckily, I will only use the word luck and I hate using that word. Luckily for me, I was structured in a way where what I want is inherently selfless. Right. Uh, cool, but that leads to gratitude more than judgment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than looking around at everybody else and judging them, I just stay in my own head of being grateful for yeah. what I had. All right. All right. Cool, man. Um, so there are also... Uh, entrepreneurs, you know, have access to mentors and getting advice. Yes. Not just the online stuff, but there are lots of programs all around the world as well. But can an entrepreneur get too much advice from various sources and be confused? Of course. It's why I don't have any mentors. So you never had a mentor? The market is my mentor. Right. I don't want to listen to anybody who did it before. I need to listen to what the consumer wants now. Right, 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 right. I mean, I think Nassim Taleb says uh, uh, getting advice from somebody who's already done it like getting yesterday's uh, lottery ticket numbers. Plus, most people give advice. Again, another thing that I'm excited about is I'm trying to reverse engineer people, Mm -hmm. not tell them to be like me. Right. I know I'm inherently different like we all are and so advice often is too one-dimensional. I think this is a big game. I I try to push people towards self-awareness more so than doing it like me. Yeah, all right. Because what you... I apologize, I want to just add one more point because I think it's interesting. I also think that most people that become mentor thirsty are actually using it as an excuse not to do. By paying or by always educating, it's just the same version of somebody who just keeps going to school. Those who keep loving going to school are ones that don't want to do. Okay. So, so a lot of people feel, it's why I fear people watching too much of my content. There's a lot of people who think watching or listening to my content is them actually doing something. So they are vicariously living their life through you. They're getting that adrenaline yeah. rush through my energy and my advice and they think they're building, mm-hmm. they're building but, but they're not acting on, which is why occasionally I get very aggressive and kind of call them out and say, stop watching my shit. Yeah. Like, right. enough. Right, 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 right. The right. problem is, after doing that for the last five years, I realized something terrible is happening. When I do that, they, they don't like that. They're like, fuck, you fucked me up. And then they go listen to somebody worse. I thought I was getting them to do shit, <laughs> but then I started looking at what was happening, and I'm like, wait a minute, now they're paying some huckster. Instead of getting good advice for free, they're playing a fucking low-life money because I made them uncomfortable because I called them out on their shit and they don't want to do. So, so they're so not interested in doing that they're willing to pay somebody who sucks shit. That's what these piranhas are doing. So, so, so tell me something. So this is, the, this is the world you operate in. But you, the reason that you know, we wanted to talk to you 
is you are a bit different to everybody else in this particular world because you got nothing to sell and you're telling people you know my advice is free etc but you operate in that sort of that world can can you change that world or yes that how how do you plan to do that by showing that it could be done right all right I mean there's a 13 year old now who's going to be impacted by me who's going to decide to replicate the way I did it versus the way somebody who's the bad version of me doing it you need somebody to be the example. Yeah, sure. No, I agree. Right? I agree. I agree. Absolutely. I, I, I have enormous pride in the fact that I'm putting enormous pressure. I'm, comp- I'm unbelievably disliked quietly by many of the biggest personalities that look like me because I'm putting pressure. Because I remember being at an event where you came up on stage and <laughs> said, whatever the other guy was selling, don't buy it. <laughs> Something along those lines. Which is Yeah, I mean, by accident I caught... The last 10 minutes prepping, <laughs> it just is bullshit. Yeah, right, I get it. I'm super not interested in the, it's normally 15,000, but for these four minutes, it's $89. Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> All right, so we're, we're, we're running out of a bit of time. So yes. I want to end on a lighter note. I want your honest input. I'm not going to, I'll give you a bit, bit more information. I'm going to show you a few things. Okay. I want your honest input on these things. These are some interesting business ideas that's, okay. that's out there. These are legitimate businesses. Okay. These bottles of air cost $115 each. Somebody's in treat with this pure It's called air farming. There's no digging, planting, or harvesting. Should I answer on the air stuff? Or is it the same thing? So this is another business. So you have... Uh, Pure air. Yeah, pure air. The air pollution is very heavy now in China, so we all have the pure air from Australia. Each can holds upwards of 130 deep breaths. Take the lid off, put the lid on the end, and they take a deep breath of pure air. Look, here's what I would say about this. Somebody 50 years, 60 years ago said, let's sell bottled water. Water is free in pretty much most of the modern world. Obviously first world countries. It would have been a laughable thought. I'm not remarkably excited about that product and obviously every scam spidey sense goes off. I'm also very aware that I failed all my science classes (laughs) and I don't know how to put it together to think if there's any merit to that. I would never buy those things. Right. And I wouldn't fund them. No. Okay. But I have wanted to sell oxygen. <laughs> that so has run through my mind. It feels like it feels right? the closest thing to water. So, so this one is not oxygen. I mean, there's a, there's this part there where there's the ladies going around and. Yeah, that is and... like <laughs> crazy shit. Let's go to the next one. Have you heard of the Gamer Girl? Yes. And you know what she's selling, right? She's selling that bath water. Yeah. I mean, this is a weird version of porn. Wait, uh, this went so well for her? Yeah. She's now announced she's selling chewed gum? Yeah. And you want to guess what that is? Pee? Yep. Yeah, I mean, look. It's $10,000 for the job of pee. that is 100% pornography. Like, people clearly have interesting fetishes. Uh... There's a weird part of me that actually wishes I had a weird one because it'd be just interesting to understand why that would be exciting. Uh, I, don't, I'm a, I think I'm more conservative sexually. Uh, but 
you know, she's selling, she, that's, that's a form of pornography and I think sex sells, that makes sense to me. It doesn't, you know, much like some, you know, much like I like, for example, I'm very attracted to girls that have chicken pock scars on their face. This is real. Okay. I have my whole life, like, (laughs) have recognized if I'm close enough, I'm like, oh, you have a chicken pock mark? Like, I think that's cute. I don't think that's a normal thing. Uh, I don't think so either. But that would be on my radar. That was the thing I liked. Uh, so I think I think that's porn, which is great. Porn sells. All right. So the next one is. You pay money to be hugged. I like that. I'd be into that shit. I would do that. You pay money to do that. I would do that. I like hugging. A lot, actually. Okay. Is, but, but you, like, the, I would do that. Okay, all right. Okay, there's a legitimate business in there. I, I, you know what's funny? Watching those two, two people hugging That's, made me feel nice. Like, in my, like, I felt warm just now. I love hugging. I would pay for that. Okay. All right, next one. Funny. Yes. I like this. It's a legitimate business. I like that one. Did, 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 but, but do businesses like this have longevity? Or? If they pivot. If they pivot. What does it, that mean? They have to build on top of that interest. Right. That becomes right. a, that's a novelty right. that will wear off, but it could be a gateway drug to something bigger. That could be the biggest dating app in the world. Right. That could be what disrupts Tinder. Right. You see where I'm going? In, okay. So you start with, a, it's a gateway drug. You start with a novelty. Mm. It seems like it's a novelty, but you see where the innovation is? One more video before we finish off. Every day across Australia, an enterprise worth more than a million dollars is quietly operating. And it's all run by people called Daigo. Daigo are Chinese living abroad who are trusted to buy on behalf of their friends, families, and extended network in China. They are also known as professional shopping agents. Yeah, I like this. Two billion dollar industry. This, I'm, a, I'm a very big buyer of this. What started out as a quiet Chinese whisper in our supermarket aisles. Look at this. Australia's infant formula fight is now every bit. So what's happened is they're buying off, it started off as a formula, a children's formula, and they were running out. They weren't enough for locals. And it became, locals became very, very frustrated. They started recording and... And they introduced like one per person. Yeah. But then there's a group of people that'll come in by one at yeah. a time. I'm a fan of that. I think retail arbitrage is one of the most interesting businesses in the world. Right, right. It's just logistics. Yeah, it's just logistics. It's just logistics. Oh, man, look, I know your time is quite valuable. I really appreciate you taking the time. I'm happy to I do it. You, I hope you enjoyed it. I enjoyed it tremendously. Man. You did a great Thank job. You. Thank you, mate. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, guys, for listening. Please, please, please share the podcast and make sure you've subscribed because a bunch of you aren't subscribed. Importantly, a bunch of